you to each one that participated tonight. Great words to that ministry of music by Encore. Hope you can catch those, those words. It's certainly in keeping with what we're talking about on Sunday nights. I decided to come down here tonight thinking that maybe we'll have some interaction. Hopefully I don't have a handout. I did that purposefully because uh, I wanted this to be a little more uh, conversational than, than normal uh, because I, I want to get to some of the root aspects of what righteousness looks like. We've been studying Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, and actually I've been working through that phrase by phrase. And uh, the last thing that we noted was uh, idleness and um, prosperity of ease. I talked about the importance of a work ethic, etc. The last section tonight is strengthening the hand of the poor and needy, and I think I've been stressing that a lot, the uh, importance of being concerned about uh, the poor, uh, those that are without. And so what I want to do tonight is look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, I should have announced this morning, I didn't have a, a, a handout, but remember there are Bibles under the pew. And I want to stress what righteousness looks like because righteousness requires action. One cannot be righteous without engaging in righteous activity or deeds. In Psalm 145, verse 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. The difference between righteousness and holiness is that holiness is an intrinsic value of, of character. Okay? It's who and what a person is. They are holy. Righteous is talking about what a person does. Okay? Their actions are right actions. So righteousness always requires activity. One cannot be passively righteous. It is more than just simply abstaining from doing evil. It's always positive. It's about doing good. All right? It's much more than, as I say, just refraining from sinful activity. It's about doing that which is good, helpful, beneficial to others. So we can talk about a spectrum, if you will. A spectrum of doing unrighteous things over to doing righteous, good, holy things. In the middle would be abstaining from these evil things, but we need to move to doing that which is holy. In 2 Timothy, I want us to look there because it depicts for us unrighteousness. It depicts for us what, what it means to be ungodly. And for our study tonight, what I want to do is think about the antithesis of each of the things that are mentioned in this particular section of Scripture. And why we're going there is because it tells us in 2 Timothy 3.1, but understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, 
or the scripture, or we could use the word uh, as the King James does, perilous times, dangerous times, difficult times, hard times. Uh, all of those things would be true. And then it lists the reasons why, okay? And these behaviors are going to make it difficult, dangerous uh, times. And if you look at some of these behaviors, they seem to be, many of them, innocuous, meaning rather insignificant. It, it's hard to see initially why some of the things that are described here would be fraught with danger, why it would be creating great ill or evil. But if we can get to the root of these things, we'll see that, yes, indeed, murder and terrorism and all the atrocities that we see in the world stem out of or flow out of these seemingly innocuous things. And conversely, we think that righteousness are these incredibly selfish acts, incredibly demonstrative, you know, of giving your life so that someone else might live, of throwing your life on a hand grenade, or, or big actions. And what I want to see tonight is that righteousness is seen in the simplest aspects of life. And so we should strive to implement these very, very simple things in life. So let's look at this list. 2 Timothy 3.1. But understand this, last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. Uh, we've emphasized that a lot. The opposite of that is loving others. And that's certainly what is righteous and that's at the heart of the scripture. Uh, and at the end of this, it says lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So righteousness is loving others and loving God. But now, let's move on. It says for people lovers of self, and now it's going to give us a whole list of ways in which that's manifested. The first is to be lovers of money. Lovers of money. Uh, to be a lover of money, there is to be very materialistic. And that's more than just uh, wanting wealth. It is having confidence. Confidence. A sense of security in one's wealth. Thinking that I'm okay because my bank account's big enough. And fretting and worrying that we're not okay because our bank account isn't big enough. As opposed to Righteousness is dependent not on our bank account, not on our resources, but is dependent upon God. So we have on our currency. In God, we trust to remind us of the truth that ultimately our confidence isn't in our currency, our confidence is in God. So righteousness looks like having confidence in God as opposed to having confidence in our material possessions. Sodom, it says, had prosperous ease. We have prosperous ease. And it's important that in our prosperous ease, 
that we have confidence in God. The scripture teaches us that we are to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, we all know that portion of scripture. And I would submit to you that there is probably no one in our congregation who worries about what they're going to eat tomorrow. That is not going to have something that will get them through tomorrow. Probably not the next day. Okay? We have a tendency to worry about 10 years in the future. Okay? And when you're 50 years old, you're worrying about retirement. Am I going to have enough money for retirement? It's out there. As opposed to, the scripture says, give us this day our daily bread. And one of the results is that we tend to take our eyes up off of God and place them on these things. I just, I just wonder, in your prayers, and you go to your mealtime, you say grace, and you thank God for your food, okay? But let me ask you, has anybody prayed, Lord, may I have food tomorrow? Has anybody prayed that today? Did you, has anybody said, Lord, may I have food tomorrow? Because we're confident that we'll have food tomorrow. But why are we confident that we have food tomorrow? Is it because we got enough money to pay for it? Is it because it's in our pantry? Or is it because God is good and he will watch over us and care for us? It's a subtle thing. But it's very easy to place our trust in our material goods rather than to place our trust in God who provides and cares for us. So righteousness looks like trust in God for our material well-being. The next is proud, which was to be boastful or arrogant. It is self-promoting. So what does righteousness look like? Well, it's the opposite. It's the antithesis of rather than boasting and bragging and pointing out one's accomplishments, it's a failure to put oneself forward. Not to list your accomplishments. Not to tell everybody else what you're doing. Not wanting the limelight, but willing to be in the background, to be obscured. Next word is arrogant, conceited. A sense of being superior. So what's the opposite of that? Putting other people before oneself. Thinking of others first. Scripture is full of that. Okay, Abusive. Abusive. That word actually means to be slanderous or insulting. So, the opposite, the antithesis of that is to be complimentary. To speak well of others whenever 
you can. And to be complimentary without being flattering. Okay, there, sometimes people flatter. That's manipulative. Uh, that is in order to <clears throat> instill favor within the individual. This is quite different. It is to be speaking honestly about others, complimenting them, encouraging them, helping them. So righteousness looks like a simple, well done. I appreciate your work, your effort. Righteousness is being willing and free to elevate others. You know, sometimes, some people just really struggle in giving compliments. That's actually pride. That actually stems out of a desire not to see other people get ahead. It's actually sinful not to be complimentary towards others. So righteousness compliments. This says disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. So what does righteousness look like? Well, obedience to parents. Okay. But you can see in a society, it looks like a small thing, but being obedient to parents flows into all kinds of obedience and submission to governments, authorities, uh, figures. I, uh, you know, you think, I, I pity school teachers today and, you know, the way in which they are, they are treated, but who, you know, if, if kids aren't going to be obedient to their parents, why do we think they're going to be obedient to the school teacher? Why do we expect they're, they're going to listen to anybody? But if they learn obedience at home, then it's going to be, then, you know, it's going to be different in our school system. Then it's going to be different in our society. So a simple thing. Righteousness looks like simply obeying your parents. So every time you obey your parents, you do what they say, you have committed an act of righteousness. You have done what God wants you to do. You have made this world a better place. And you have made your home a better place. Ungrateful, which is a complete lack of thankfulness. It's a sense of entitlement. And we hear that all over the place. You know, the people have this sense of entitlement. So what does righteousness look like? Being grateful. Being appreciative. Recognizing when people do something for us that they sacrifice to do that. To appreciate what we have. To thank God for what we have. To thank other people for what they have done. So to be righteous is simply to say thank you. And I'm struck, you know, by manners. Manners. Teaching manners actually is a righteous and holy thing. What manners come from? You know, holding the door for someone. is to put other people before yourself. You let them go through before, before you do. To stand up when a woman comes into, your, into the room. It's a way of showing honor. Okay, Taking your hat off in a building. Where does that come from? It's from the scripture and the aspect of that men should not have their head 
covered when they're in a worship service. Actually, a lot of our, our manners flow out of scriptural ideas, and it makes the, the world a better place. Okay. Um, unholy, ungodly, wicked, conversely to be holy, to be God-fearing. 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, heartless, to be unloving. King James, I like the way they put it, without natural affection. Without natural affection. So unrighteousness is when people don't even have just a general sense of kindness and nurturing that you'd expect. Okay? So we look at this world of ours, and children are abused, children are abandoned, children are not cared for, children are neglected. That's unrighteousness. So what does righteousness look like? It's as, it's as simple as, as hugging your child. That's a righteous act. To feed your children, to give them cereal in the morning, that's a righteous act. Okay, Just being civil with your children is a righteous act. And it leads to peace. It leads to well-being. If you do the positive things, you don't have to worry about the negative things. The next word is unappeasable, which means to be irreconcilable, unwilling to reconcile, unwilling to get along with others. Okay? Uh, An unwillingness to accept an apology. What's the flip side of that? To be forgiving. To turn the other cheek. So a righteous act is as simple as not to hold a grudge. And you're acting righteously when deep down inside you say, it's okay. And you move on. And you won't let little things come between you and someone else. Okay? One of the reasons for divorce, it's the, one of the most common, when I say reasons, meaning grounds legally, are what? Irreconcilable differences. Meaning, there are things that have happened and they just can't be forgiven. We just can't get along any longer. We just can't live under the same roof. I will not give in. I will not forgive. I will not get along with this person any longer. The antithesis of that is giving in. Of wanting to maintain a relationship. Of not wanting to cut other people off. Whether that be in a marriage, whether that be in a church situation, but a desire to get along. Righteousness is as simple as wanting to get along, which means appeasing other people. It means giving in. When I give in, I am acting righteously. Um, The next word is slanderous. It's actually the word for the devil. The devil is 
a slanderer. He falsely accuses us, the scripture says. He is the accuser of the brethren. Like in the book of Job, when God says to uh, the evil one, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him. And then the evil one says, oh, the only reason Job serves you is because of all that you give him. But you take that away from him and he won't serve you any longer. He speaks evil of Job without any grounds, without any truthfulness behind it. So the aspect of slanderous is to speak well of people when they are deserving of it. And this is not simply to compliment. This is not so much about face-to-face. Compliment is, is more of our interaction with one another. But this is talking about when a person is out of sight, they cannot hear you. But when talking to someone else, you refer to your brother, you refer to your sister, you refer to this other person, and you speak well of them. When they come up in conversation. I really appreciate brother so-and-so. You know, he is so kind, he's so gracious, he's loving, I appreciate the way that he interacts with his wife, or I appreciate her spirit. It is to speak well of other people. That is acting righteously. Just guarding one another's reputation, speaking well. Uh, A husband, a wife, to speak well of your spouse rather than putting them down, is a righteous act. The next one is without self-control. So the opposite of that is quite apparent. What's the opposite of a lack of self-control? Self-control. Discipline. And keeping yourself under control. These are simple, simple things. But if you think about our society, our society calls into question. You know, is it a good thing to teach your children self-control? Are you going to ruin them? Okay, are you, are you going to harm them by teaching them not to give full expression to all their emotions? Learning not to whine, cry, throw a temper tantrum, okay? Learning to control your temper, learning to control your passions, your desires, your lusts. Learning to say no is an important part of what righteousness looks like in every area of life. Just learning to deny our pleasures in order to do what is right. The next one is brutal, which means to be savage, ruthless, fierce, vicious, untamed. So what's the opposite of that? Kindness, can't read my note here, tenderhearted. Okay? Uh, Delicate. Not loving good, it says, which is being an enemy to the good, literally. 
being an enemy to the good. A person who stands in opposition to what is good is uh, the unrighteous person. So what is righteousness? It's promoting good. It's encouraging good. It is on the side of good. That when you see good, you try to encourage it as opposed to discourage it. All right, so unrighteous people mock that which is good. They make fun of people that are goody-goodies, nerds, all kinds of slurs. But a person who is righteous pats the person on the back. That was a good thing you just did. I appreciate that. Gives to organizations that do good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it promotes good. Timothy 3, 4. What does the unrighteous person do? Well, they're treacherous, which means they're traitors or betrayers. So what does righteousness look like? Being faithful. Being reliable. Being honest. Being candid as opposed to two-faced. It's being trustworthy. Little simple things, but that's what righteousness looks like. And it makes the world a better place. It makes it a safe place when you can trust people, when they are going to be reliable, dependable. The next is reckless. To be rash, acting without thought of consequences. So what does righteousness look like? Is it simple as stopping and thinking about the consequences of what we're about to do? It's a part of what wisdom is. We've all heard the adage of think before you leap. All right, it's just taking into account what my future is going to look like as a result of this decision. Where the world says, if it feels right, do it. It's, it's based on emotion. It's not based on an intellect. So many people follow their gut, which means their instinct. They just act rather than stop and contemplate to think about what they're doing, to think about the consequences of their, of their actions. The next is swollen with conceit. We could use the word puffed up, having a swelled head, all right? We all know what that is all about. Well, what's the opposite of that? What does righteousness look like? To be humble. Self-deprecating. The next says lovers of pleasure, which means to be given over to or ruled by pleasure. Very akin to this aspect of recklessness. But it's when we don't have the capability, when we, we lose the ability to deny ourself pleasure, addicted to pleasure, as opposed to 
rather than rulers, lovers of God, which simply means to be, to be ruled by God, by his standards, by his word. 7 Timothy 3, 5, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. That is to be religious without, without being, uh, being religious and yet unbelieving. It's kind of what I was talking about this morning. There, there are a lot of, quote, there's a lot of interest in spirituality. You know, our, 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 you heard that in our culture a lot? People talk about being spiritual without being religious. Really what they're talking about is being spiritual without being believing. And you know, the, the problem is not that America isn't religious. The problem is that religious people don't believe. They don't believe the truth. They don't believe the gospel. They don't believe the reality of what Jesus, uh, who Jesus is. That's what I was saying that this morning about, about churches that aren't preaching the gospel. There are a lot of people that are going to go and they're going to celebrate the Christmas season in churches that don't believe in the virgin birth. That's problematic. And it leads towards evil and, and sin and corruption. So what does righteousness look like? Righteousness is religion coupled with belief. It is a sincere form of worship of God. And so it says, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into houses and capture weak women, burdened with sins, led away by various passions. We all think about the opposites of those. And then this, because I think it is the most significant, and that is, Always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Being instructed, taught, but not embracing the truth. Our society believes that the solution to moral evil is better education. The reason that people don't behave better is because they don't know better. And what we really need to do is teach people. And if you teach people to do what's right, they will do what's right. But there are those that you can teach forever. They're ever learning, ever instructed, and yet don't arrive at the truth. You know, that even happens in the church. A lot of people think, you know, the, the, you know, all they need is someone to talk to. All they need is a counselor. You know, pastor, won't you just talk with them? And the idea is if you sit down and they, oh, oh, I didn't realize that was wrong. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I'll never do that again. It isn't that people don't know. They don't embrace. They, they don't come to a place of actually entertaining what the truth is is and it's a remarkable era in which we live there has never been a time in our history where people have been as educated as they are we have more people with phd's and doctorates running around than ever you know how much that educational process has has uh, 
developed. I uh, was chairman of the board of a biblical seminary for a period of years, and uh, one of those responsibilities was to uh, sit in on the hiring of uh, faculty. And, you know, if you're going to be on the faculty full-time at a major seminary today, you don't simply have to have a doctorate. You've got to have two. That's how broad the competition is. That's how many people there are out there with their doctorates. That if you are looking for a full-time uh, teaching position today, because uh, they're few and hard to come by, because they're looking for adjunct faculty, they're looking for people that are willing to uh, teach part-time, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want a full-time position, you better have two doctorates. It's a highly educated society. It's what the psalmist David said, that I have more understanding than my teachers because I love thy, thy law. It's more than just education. I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to knock education. I'm not against going to college, believe me. I'm not against all that. But what I'm saying to you is that what ought to be common sense is not readily seen. It's what is depicted in our morning message when the religious leaders were finding fault with Jesus and Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes. These children can see what you cannot see. Even though they were steeped in the scriptures, even though they were trained, even though they were professing to look for the Messiah, they couldn't see what these children can see. So righteousness is the ability to see and understand truth. It embraces truth. It doesn't ignore it. It doesn't reject it. But it welcomes truth into our lives. And so in our highly uh, educated world of postmodernism today says what is not new at all. It is what Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? What is truth? In our society, truth is unknowable. Truth is not an absolute. There's truth for you, there's truth for me, but there's not truth for everyone. The righteous understands there is universal truth. It's the word of God. It is true for all generations, for all time, for all circumstances. It is absolute truth. It's reliable. It's dependable. It is trustworthy. It will prove to be the way in which God acts. So my thought to you tonight is that righteousness consists in the simplest matters of life. And in these simple things, in acting righteously, we please God, we better our lives, we better society as a whole. And yes, if people would practice these simple areas of righteousness, 
Life would not be so difficult. Life would not be so dangerous. These, <clears throat> our existence would be so entirely different. We are one day going to live in a utopia. A perfect order of life where there's no more sin and no more consequence of sin. And it will be because of changed behaviors and character. It will be because we are finally holy people. And that's what our world needs so desperately. Holy people. And the more holy people there are in our country, the more peaceful it will be, the more pleasure it will be, the more <coughs> safe it will be. It is the answer to the world's needs. It's the answer to family issues. It is simply to live righteously. Righteously. This is what righteousness looks like. It's not about driving a black car. It's not about having a beard or not having a beard. It's not about playing cards or not playing cards. These things are what righteousness looks like. And it would preserve us and it would preserve the world. Um, I didn't give you much time for thought, but any, any thoughts, any issues that come to mind, any clarification you'd like, any uh, ampl amplification you'd like to make? Anybody have anything tonight before we close? Going once, going twice. Everybody's ready to leave. Okay. Let's pray. Our Father, help us to be righteous people in these simplest and, yes, almost mundane aspects of life. Um, it seems like it ought to be so much greater. It, it seems like it should be huge uh, when we think about acts of, of righteousness. But, Lord, help us to rejoice in our mundane existences. Lord, when we tuck our children in tonight, when we kiss them on the cheek, when we pray with them, Lord, help us to realize we are acting righteously. We are acting in a holy manner. Help us to see when we thank our spouse for the little things that they have done, that they are living righteously, holy. As a child, when I do what mom and dad tells me to do, help me to understand I am acting righteously and God is pleased. Help me to understand that when I am under another person's authority, if I'm at school and I do what the teacher says, I'm acting righteously. Oh Lord, help us to understand what righteousness looks like. Help us in our day-to-day -day interactions with one another. May we be honest and truthful and faithful and loyal. May we be kind and considerate. May we be giving. May we be courteous. May we compliment. May we encourage. May we help. Lord, help us to be righteous people. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.